So hello and welcome on this very hot Monday. Um, my name is Steve Pugh and I do something called a growth strategy podcast where I try and introduce you to interesting people that I think can help your business or career. I try to pick people from the network and people that I class as like regular normal people that you know people can relate to that whilst it's always great to see people on Bloomberg like Elon Musk and talk about these really big massive things kind of that doesn't relate to most people and the challenges and tribulations and stuff that they kind of go through so I try and pick people that I've kind of met or with some sort of relationship there and then kind of go through and share their story how they got to where they are how they've kind of found it and you know relate that back to business and that kind of thing as well so Gary who I'm going to introduce you to today we actually first met about three four years ago it was pre-pandemic um we actually both spoke on the same stage it was uh, a design network north event where actually he was talking about his product and I loved it instantly as an engineer I kind of just got it and then we kind of stayed in touch and then um you know pandemic happened he got into dragons then and did all this really kind of cool stuff and then obviously with the launch of the podcast I've wanted to get Gary on for a while so uh, would you be happy to give like a quick kind of 20 30 second intro just to who you are yeah. and what you do yeah okay i'm gary giles and what we do is uh, my company's called logo and we turn waste plastic into a building system which is effectively l shapes from which we make walls floors roofs and we then then turn those items into garden rooms work from home pods exhibition stands flood defense systems so basically we we, we, t- we turn waste plastic into a useful product. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I mean, the one thing I would say about plastic is um, you know, sort of, you know, how we use plastic as a, as, a, as a world is we make the most throwaway of items out of the most permanent materials. So if you're going to recycle it, recycle it into something that's permanent. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, the, the, the phrase I, I would sort of say is, you know, what we try to do is to turn it into a full stop product. Mm-hmm. By, by full stop, what, I'm, what I mean is, if you're building a building out of it, well, you're not, you're not going to throw a building away for 30 years, you know. Whereas if it, whereas if it happens to be a bit of polystyrene packaging, it's going to last three or four weeks tops. Yeah. You know, if it's a plastic bottle, it's going to last sort of three or four days. That's that's the reality of, of how we use plastic. You know, it's, so it's a very good point that actually, just with. Yeah, when if I go to Greg's and I get a sandwich meal deal and I get my yes, it's recycled PET plastic. Yeah. But how many times do they actually kind of churn it? Can they keep going, or is it just once or twice and it's done? See, this this is this has been my thing about it. So far. I forget the numbers now, so and don't quote me on this because I'm I'm not a recycling expert. But something like uh, PET, uh, it might only get get used three times, so its whole life to incinerator might only be sort of six to nine months. Mm-hmm. You know, before it gets burned, it's been used two, three times in that yeah, period of time. But still, but but still, it's, it's only lasted, let's say, six to nine months. Yeah, you know, and then obviously it's the fact that you have to add energy to the you know process each time. It's it's not ideal. Yeah. No, of course. Exactly. Yeah. So, know, so we will come on into more deep dive on Ogle and what you do and applications yeah. for cool. it and that kind of thing. Um, but one of the things I really love to do is actually that with whereabouts in the world are you based? I'm in Teesside. Uh, we have part of our facilities, like say, mainly in Teesside, but also up in, up in Felling, a bit uh, just sort of in just gated area. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, sort of, yeah, we're northeast. We're northeast. Fair enough. But what, the reason why I ask is that you will get people that are from Middlesbrough, Durham, Peterley, anywhere who actually, you know, watch a lot of YouTube. And, you know, I remember when I was growing up, there wasn't that many sources to find out about careers and businesses and what people do and that kind of thing. But actually, I love to share people's journey and find out what they were like at school because actually there will be people that really relate to that because maybe school wasn't for them and, you know, they wanted to quit and do their own thing, but they don't feel they can. But if they've kind of seen people be there, do it, whichever, you know, can give them confidence. So I love to kind of go through that journey. And then the other side to it as well is that you often get a lot of common traits with entrepreneurs that actually, you know, so my last guest was a lady called Lisa and a lot of the stuff that she talks about is probably be similar to yours and the other 80 odd guests that I've spoke to. And I just love to see those kind of themes and stuff. Um, So whereabouts did you grow up? I grew up in Norton. I am in Norton as we speak, in, in sort of just sort of uh, north of Middlesbrough, Stockton on Tees. Oh, nice. uh, I went to Norton School, funnily enough, uh, Saint Senior School. I yeah, I did okay. I did, I did pretty well at school. I did, did all right. I was never, uh, you know, so I, I was always in the top sets and everything else. I wasn't necessarily the most intelligent kid in school, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't, did, but I did okay. I, I liked the sport. I liked my basketball. I did a lot of basketball. I didn't know that. Yeah, 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 sort of. Because uh, I still of, play, but actually, some of my other guests 
do as well. And that's just yeah. complete coincidence. Oh, cool. It's one of these things where it's just, I used to play a bit of football, but then sort of the basketball took over, you know, sort of, yeah, I mean, sort of back in the day. So I, I, did, I did actually trial for Great Britain students back mm-hmm. in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a long, long, long time ago. God, I feel so old, you know. Uh, but, How old do you know? Uh, 55 now. Uh, okay. I was going to say you're not that old, but you are getting yeah. there a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. It's, it's going to be <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely getting there. Uh, but yeah, so I went to 6-1 college, then I went to Tisa University. Um, and the funny thing was, whilst I, I had my A-levels and I'd done, done okay in the A-levels, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. I hadn't got a clue. And, and a family friend happened to be an accountant. And uh, they said, well, okay, I'll try a foundation course in accountancy. Mm-hmm. I've got a foundation course in accountancy at uh, TZ Uni and then went on to uh, Newcastle to, to do my sort of senior examinations and then got a job being an accountant. Being an accountant, yes. But I, but I, I always like to sort of say I'm not, I'm not like, like your working, industry, working practice accountant, I'm your, I'm your management accountant. So, okay. but, uh, but what happened was I ended up sort of going in, uh, into companies uh, when I was like sort of 20, 21 and it was just when computers were starting to come in. Mm-hmm. So you had a lot, a lot of these guys who were still working off ledges, who were still sort of very old-fashioned in the way. I had one guy, a guy called, called Gordon Sidwell, who had a pipe <laughs> like this, and it was a proper pipe as well. Was, this is back in the days when you could smoke at work. And he sort of said, we've just got this, apparently it's a 286 computer, and this thing was about 3,000 quid for, for this, what now, would sort of, even an iPhone would be massively ahead of it, you know. He said, we haven't got a clue what to do with it. You're the new kid. You learn how to use it. <laughs> and then obviously within a, about six months, I figured out, sort of, well, this is, how, this is what spreadsheets were. This is, this, is, this is obviously before you had Excel. You used to have Lotus 1, 2, 3. And before that, you used to have Kalamazoo, which were the first rudimentary sort of spreadsheets. And I was doing budgets on everything else. And all of a sudden, I, was, I became very good at systems. Systems yeah, cool. is, is yeah. my thing. Systems, you know, sort of. Uh, so all of a sudden, I was putting in... Uh, smaller, smaller Sage systems as they were back in the day. It's like, like sort of before you had Sage Line Fifty, you had the various smaller packages back in the day, and I'd, put, I'd be putting in ERP systems, well MRP systems originally, mm-hmm. then ERP systems. So I became a, I, I became a systems guy, you know. So. so in terms of your kind of character when you were younger, what were you like? Were you an kid? Were you rebellious? Were you good at school? I'm sure I, 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 I was a perfect match of rebellious. And yeah, I, I was quite rebellious. I didn't sort of. I'm a bit like my dad in that, that, in that respect. I don't. I don't take things on face value. So sort, mm-hmm. of, sort of just because somebody says it's right doesn't mean necessarily it's right. Uh, so I, is rebellious the right word? Yeah, I went, went through a little bit of that phase, but it was more of a question, questioning everything. Mm-hmm. What, yeah, you know, yeah. sort of why why we're doing this? Why we're doing things this way? But like uh, you know, again, it's one of those because I was quite similar that with. It wasn't picked up that I was short-sighted until I was at uni. Right. I just for me growing up, it always made sense that stuff further away was blurry. I just I don't know why. So I, don't, I never said anything. Yeah. But actually, so I was always quite good at stuff. But actually, quite re- I get bored easily because I couldn't really see the board. But right. I, I think you do see a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs, aren't afraid to challenge things and ask those kind of questions because that's what the job is to try and figure out actually. Yeah. What can we do better? What's different? Why does it work that way? Why does it have to work that way? So yeah. I think you do kind of need those kind of people. And then what was your career like up until, I guess, Ogle? How, you know, Ogle what did you do? Um, I went through, I worked for a number of companies, sort of putting systems in. And in about the mid-90s, I sort of decided, sort of, I've had enough work with other people. Sort of, a friend of mine had a, had a printing company and I went to sort of work and become a part of the printing company. And then we sort of, uh, developed that up. The fact that company sort of we we went we went bankrupt in about two thousand and one, uh, which was really the hardest thing ever to sort mm. of lose a company is the hardest thing ever when you sort of you know so you work so hard into something. Uh, and I actually sort of swore that I would never ever ever go into business again. I would just be I would just do what, what I did what I did well, just put the systems in. Um, you know, do what do what I'm good at. I've been like sort of like financial controller, financial director, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And it was I can, t- I can tell you to the minute when so August started to the minute, and it was Wednesday, the fourth of February, 2015, at quarter to four in the afternoon. I can tell you exactly when the company started. So how uh, is that when you had the idea? 
Sort of, sort of. Um, what happened was I used to work for a company down in Thirsk called um, Weather, Weatherby Group, who did um, paints and renders. Mm-hmm. In like, and what, what the company did done is they've been over to Germany, and we just sort of put some money down on um, a, a bagging system to sort of put render into polypropylene bags. And the chairman of the company, a gentleman called called John John, John Chalmers came back and he was a very entrepreneurial guy, John, sort of it's a very self-made man. And he sort of turned around and he went, he said, well, if worse comes to worse, we can always make sandbags. And I went, sandbag, that's a bit sort of, and it just hit something in my brain. I'd like sort of, if only you have a way of building better to build a better flood defense system. Mm-hmm. And so is that, that how it started? That's that the journey. That was the journey. Yeah, sort of, and it literally, that is, so that's why I can tell you to the minute when it was, because that's when they, so sort of came back and came into the office having got off the plane from, from Germany. Because must yeah. have, when there was a spate in the UK where there seemed to be floods every month. And yeah. it was, you know, so I'm from the Northwest and it was just, I remember, you know, it was a big, still is a big thing, but, you know, it's, and it's just, um, it's really interesting just to hear where inspiration and that can come from, just, and that yes. kind of thing. So, but there's a big jump between sandbags, flood defence to the finished product yes oh yes yeah, what, yeah. what was that journey how did you because obviously there must be several pivots in there where you're trying oh, to yeah there's, there was definitely a, definitely a few pivots in, in that journey uh the first thing was i knew nothing about product design i knew nothing about plastic uh all i knew was um there must be a way of building flood defenses better all right now I, I sort of I sort of describe it as um, so. What happened was I said I've got some ideas as to how this thing should work, uh, and I went to see a friend of mine uh, who is a graphic designer. I said let's get some ideas out. I thought, well, we don't know how to make this stuff, so <laughs> sort of. Uh, and we went to this company called um, E Three Design up in um, uh, Newburn on, on on the west side of Newcastle, and I said I've got some ideas. Uh, so I'm happy to put some money in. Can your guys come up with these ideas for a flood defence? And that's what they did. And they sort of came back with some initial ideas. Okay. And one of these ideas was was two L shapes. Okay. Now the problem with two L shapes is the the idea that they sort of came back with, with these two L shapes was, well, what we can do is we can sort of make like effectively blocks and then tell the one block to the next block. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, okay, that's 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 good. Uh, but it wasn't quite right. It wasn't quite right. So all the other ideas couldn't really get it. wasn't didn't didn't know what it was. And I, and there was a couple of very very important factors. Sort of like if you've ever seen the film Stumdog Millionaire, where the answer the, he manages to answer the questions because of experiences in his life. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. I got these experiences in my life uh, that that played into it. The first the first experience was my dad. When I was a child, he's a builder, um, and I was a builder. Uh, he used to make me go and build on sites, and so I had sort of been a child. I was watching, watching them build this this gable gable wall. I said, "Why not the bricks on the bottom? Crush the bricks on the why, why are the bricks on the, on the top? Not crushing the bricks on the bottom." And I, sort of, and I had all these bricklayers with with the sandwiches on the bed going, "We don't know," you know. And then, long story short, it's, it's about waste weight displacement and about sort of sort of each. Sort of two bricks taking the weight of one brick, filling the weight down for the building. Great, okay. So it's like sort of, and I remember my dad sort of saying, "There's only two. There's only two basic problems that you have to solve in building: how you join the same shape up and down, mm-hmm. side to side, so vertical, vertical and horizontally." Which led on to the second part, which is sort of how do I sort of take this this L shapes and join together without using using like jointing pieces mm-hmm. of some, some kind, and that led, led us on to the the, the Battle of Culloden. Bonnie Prince Charlie, right? Because my thing is history. My thing is history all day long. Okay. In the Battle of Culloden, the Duke of Cumberland lined his men up against the, the Scots who came charging down the hill. And, and what, he, what he did was he, he realized that his guys only had a, a musket mm-hmm. and a bayonet. So, what, so it, once his guys had fired up the one shot, the Scotsman would knock the, the, the bayonet to one side and hit them with a the claymore. Mm-hmm. What the what the Duke of Cumberland did was he trained all these men. Once once they fired the shot, if they hadn't killed their man, rather than take the man coming towards them, they all they all went one man to the side and tackled the man coming 
the man tack- tackling the, the, their friend. The reason for that is because the sword arm was up. They had mm-hmm. half the body to attack. Mm-hmm. And they could sort of... So, what, so, what it, so how that comes back to building is, and it was a eureka moment, is, well, hang on, if we offset the back of the L to the front of the L, we can keep building as long as we want. Mm-hmm. And it was like, that's that's what it was. It was a eureka moment. It was an absolute eureka moment. And then I went off to sort of find a patent attorney to sort of say, has anybody ever thought of this before? Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody had ever thought of it. Uh, went through all these sort of uh, catalogs and everything else. Never been done. But so, that's almost part of the beauty that when you talk about business strategies, the fact that your lived experience is different to mine and other yeah. people's, that often I, I completely agree with it. It's stuff that you kind of, you learn just throughout your life. And it's when you, if not everyone does, but you figure out how it can all interlink and work. Yeah. That a lot of other people might, well, they haven't, but they might never come up with that. You know, you can give smart people the same thing. Yes. Yeah. Because the other thing which uh, blew my mind when we first met, you explained the name as well. Just for yeah. legal reasons, I'll let you do it in case you're not allowed okay, to talk about right. it. <laughs> I also I also play a game with people, sort of, uh, sort of, of, of you know, sort of. Obviously, it's a bit different to doing a podcast, and you already know. Yeah. Uh, and the game I also play is well, I can tell you where the name comes from, or I can give you three clues. And sort of first clue is what is it? It's a building product. Okay, yes, yeah, fine. What's it made out of? Plastic. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they're going building product plastic. Most people go no. I haven't got, don't know, don't, don't know what it is. I sort of said, which way does the arrow point? <laughs> and then people, people still go, no, I don't get it. And they go, the arrow points from that way to that way. And they go, Lego. Yes. Because Lego is one of the inspirations behind it. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Lego backwards. Out of interest, has anyone from Lego ever like legally challenged you or approached you? I haven't, but I'm, I really am hoping they do. I would love it if they did. Because, I mean, that's what I've got a friend who's, who's a there's a lot about trademarks and everything else mm. and there's about there's about 18 different criteria that that, that work on a, on a no, so I'm, I'm 99 percent sure you're fine it was just i was just interested is because yeah, yeah. again when uh, although in advance of the interview we do prep questions and stuff yeah it's stuff that i actually don't know and that's why i'm interested which hopefully makes it a good interview but no and but I, the other good thing as well is that whenever you can relate something to people inherently know and understand that people know how strong lego is yes it, this is just like a bigger better version but it is really useful in a way yeah. that if i said to you look i'm going to launch a new website it's like ebay but it does something slightly differently you can't you have that frame of reference to really just get it instantly as well if you call the garage owls as building products there's a massive journey to go from there to actually understanding what it is so a clever name exactly. is is super super yeah. useful so, so, so that, that's exactly it so, so, so that's where that was the inspiration for the name because it was like sort of lego back because there is an organization called the Oil and gas and electrical licensing organization, very, mm-hmm. very small, quango, some sort of size. And I thought, well, yeah, we can, we can, we can, we can zoom sort of jump above, above those in, in, on, on a Google search, you know, which, which we already do. If, if you search, type in Google, mm-hmm. chances are we'll come up first, you know. So, but again, so that's, that's massively under, underappreciated when people come up with their company name, that they yeah. pick something that, well, for one, you want to find something that's easy to find, something's easy to search for yes and exactly. again if it's unique so i'm gonna try i'm trying to think of a, a famous i'll just use yours <laughs> Why not? Yeah. but the point is but you know it's something memorable that's short that actually they put into google and it probably yes. there's not going to be many search results of the same thing as where if you had a manchester united building company yes you put in Manchester United, you, you're never going to find these guys. Never going to find and them. Yeah. That's why it's so useful to come up with a clever and unique name. And I think that's part of the reason why a lot of the startups, you know, that you see with the, they have really funky names. But yes. it's for the internet. It, it works an absolute kind of dream. So what happened next then? So you spoke to your friends and legal team and I guess, yeah. you, did you put in the patent straight away? Uh, pretty much, yeah. So we started start that journey very quickly. Uh because you know, sort of, we knew we knew what it was. We knew it was going to work, uh, and we're sort of working the pan- the patents. And obviously, sort of, so I, I, you know, that's one thing. I, once again, I knew nothing about patents. Didn't know a thing about patents. You know, so so I, I now know. You know, without, without blowing me on trumpet too much, I now know quite a lot about patents. More than more than the average mm-hmm. bear. You know, uh, so yeah. So so that whole journey. So it's like okay, well. Put the put in for the patent now gives us it sort of we've got 18 months before we have to file properly, which allows us to develop the product, which went through that sort of journey. So you hadn't made it to the point where you knew it was going to work yet. You put the patent in first. We knew we knew about the L shapes. We knew it had to be an L shape. 
because Beat Even Else, of, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know so we, we make a joke about being Lego. I, it's actually nothing like Lego because <laughs> people sort of say, well, people used to call them ogle blocks. Well, actually, the irony is we never make a block out of it. We, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we make a course out of it, you know, uh, but we never, sort of, we never make a block out of it, you know. Uh, so ogle blocks, but, but it's, it's a term of reference that people use and you go, okay, that's fair enough. Uh, but we knew it was an L shape. We, so we're okay, yeah. So, so, so we, we got a patent on the L, we got a patent on, would you believe, unbelievably, patent on how it tessellates around to do that, how it packs away like that, how it joins up and down, how it joins side to side. Obviously, the, 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 the key is how it joins horizontally. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the fact that you're offset like that and then cut a piece to sort of make a mm-hmm. solid wall, it's, you know, it's very, very, very handy. If we got a patent on the, the holes in it, if we use a flood defence, because if, if, if we use it as a flood defence, and we put holes in one side, which allows water to come into mm-hmm. the wall, Make not getting out of the back side of the wall, you know, which, which builds a wall of water, all those sort of things. And then when the flood goes down again, the water leaves the holes that it left. It came in came in through, should I say. Yeah, it's clever. Yeah. Uh, so all these little things, but it's all the same basic design. Because you know, what's of, uh, also interesting is that, and I completely agree with this, people think that they have to know everything about everything to start, start a business, as yeah. we're actually... There are people you can learn from and actually the, the amount of knowledge that you pick up about different stuff over time is so massive to do with streaming or flood defenses or patents or whichever that yeah. you don't the hardest bit is to get the idea and then likewise almost start the execution to do it you know there's a big difference between and i had that you know decision of do i work for myself yeah. or do i take a job and one is a lot more risky than the other one but not everyone has that and again so you needed the character trait of people that could figure out the problem yeah have the conviction to actually kind of see it through and then actually you know the lived experience to figure out how your history references to actually do it does that make sense and that's why in many ways it's only you that could have done that in the same way with the roadmap stuff i do i think i'm the only person that maybe could have done this and it's just it's interesting but that's when you know you've got something special in terms of a business that if yeah. you wanted to go and sell cold water on a hot summer's day anyone can set up and do it yeah you'll get some sales but it's it's not a great business to be in because someone's going to gazump you or as soon as the weather turns but the, the harder it is to get into you know the barrier to entry no pun intended um yes, yeah, yes, the, the better if that makes sense yes. um, you did right Steve. that's the whole thing because because I, I was i didn't know anything about patents you know so but i knew it was a good idea so you speak to somebody e3 in, in this case who were experts in they, they knew a lot about induction molding they knew a lot about plastics they didn't know actually know a lot about, a lot about extrusion mm-hmm. but we found a company or they found a company uh and, it, and it, this took a long time this took about six to eight months to find a company that could ex- could extrude and could do what we wanted to do mm-hmm. that was really really difficult mm-hmm. uh you know, because we want to make an L shape. Mm-hmm. Well, making an L shape is a really, really difficult thing to do in extrusion. The mm-hmm. reason being is, when it goes to the process, if it goes one degree that way, or one degree that way, it doesn't work. It, won't, it doesn't work. You know, so when it's this company that said, "Well, you, you know, sort of, you're never going to do that." But if you make these two pieces and glue them together, that'll work. You know, but that, that took another engineer, an extrusion company, to go, which was Alan Watts, who came on Dragons Den with me, mm-hmm. just to go. That's the way you do it, and this is how you make it. And this is build a box of so we actually sort of glue one side and glue the other side, put it together as a box shape, mm-hmm. and then we cut it to whatever length we want, you know. Oh, yeah. And then we sort of know that it's, it's perfect, yeah. 90 yeah. degrees, you know. Makes and sense. then back, back away, you know? So, would you be happy to give a quick pitch about what Ogle is, what the products can be used for, that kind of thing? I yeah. think I'll just help people set the scene for. Yeah, um, what it, what it is is you know, we sort of figured out. Well, there's there's three. We set up to, to solve three problems. We set up to sort of go. Okay, well, plastic waste. Okay, we can we can do something with that. We can do something with, with, with flood defences. Yeah, we can do something with that. And can we sort of do something with humanitarian shelters? You know, sort of because if you can build a building, you know, well, you can sort of our, our first thought was, yes, we can do garden rooms and everything else, but the, that garden room could be a humanitarian shelter yeah uh, that's i mean that, that was one of the inspirations behind it really sort of um and it then became sort of i'm i'm, I'm, I'm i don't like to say, say I'm, a, I'm a socialist but i'm certainly sociable put that way and it was like sort of okay well what what good can we do with this product mm-hmm. sort of i'm all i'm always going to be okay financially i've got the skills to sort of do do mm-hmm. a variety of jobs you know but what can we sort of do to sort of um Make a difference, mm-hmm. you know. So, so it's almost like, can we use one problem to solve two other problems? Mm-hmm. You know, 
Uh, and then as the journey went along, we went, okay, right, to get acceptance for this product, let's, you know, then sort of COVID hit, if you like. So it's like, okay, can we make buildings out of this stuff? Yes, we can. And then so it was, it's okay, well, garden rooms, we can do garden rooms. That would be, because we said, okay, right, well, let's try and make a for-profit element of the company. Mm-hmm. So if you're making a for-profit element, you can then use some of that profit to sort of plow into other elements of yeah, the process, you know. Um, I mean, the same the same product, which might be, a, I don't know, a military building, like a temporary military building that we can sort of charge the military top whack for, mm-hmm. and be the same building that we sort of do for um, um, sub-Saharan Africa mm-hmm. for, for cost. It's, just, it's the same process. If we use the patents correctly, we can still sort of, stop somebody from coming in and sort of taking our market, if you yeah, like. Yeah, I agree. You know? Well, it's one of the things that I see is that with, so I run Roadmap MBA Limited as a proper company that is for profit. Yeah. But because I have complete control over it, I can choose and the, the community element of it is huge. That's the that's the whole point of why it exists. Yeah. But I self-regulate that, that I don't, because I work for myself and it's only me, I don't have time to do all the proper audits and stuff that would just tie me down to actually doing stuff. And I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a company that can still act for good. It's still yes. for profit and it's up to you and how you manage that. But it's fundamentally different to a charity where you're asking for other people's money. Correct. And I, I, I love that. But I think sometimes, you know, people want the, you know, the B Corp sticker or whichever. But yeah. actually anyone could do that. And I think when people really kind of buy into the vision and the values about what someone's trying to do, you know, it's a longer term play that I, I get it. I really kind of do. Because the other yeah. thing that's really clever as well, unless it's changed is it correct that almost anyone can build it themselves pretty much yeah i mean sort of at the minute just be, just from a control perspective yeah so we've sort of we're doing it ourselves but we're looking for pe- people to yeah. um have those basic a basic diy skill you can build it but you, back, know, back but you don't need to know how to erect steelwork or lay foundations or... Any, a basic sort of as long as you can sort of make something level and put and put once the once the base is in and correct and you've measured the base correctly, the rest goes up. It's it's, it's like most things in life. If you, if you get the foundation right, everything else really is uh, is much easier. It's a good metaphor. Yeah. So there's so many metaphors we can use for your business. Oh yeah, yeah. the building but, product. It's, it's yeah. bricks and mortar, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, sort of uh, yeah. But the, but the funny thing is, is that there's fundamental value in what you're doing. That out of interest, you know, especially from an accountancy point of view. Did you always think to go the self-manufacture route, as in within your supply chain, you control it? Or did you ever consider licensing and just giving it to someone else to then run with? I think not for the UK. Not for the UK. That's the plan is is that, yes, UK will be more controlling. And and at the minute, we'll, we will assemble northeast, mm-hmm. you know. Um, What's but the then, proof of concept? It's a minimum viable product yeah. to prove it works here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we sort of prove it works. We've got customers, and we've got customers all around the, around the country who we got via Dragon's Den. Uh, but realistically, so we don't want a team of guys going down to like yeah. Boreham Wood or yeah, Norwich. Yeah, expensive. Yeah, expensive. You know, but there's nothing to stop us either sort of franchising or partnership out, out mm-hmm. with companies down there where we sort of say, okay, our building will arrive. I mean, I mean, one of the beauties is because it's L-shaped, it packs away to one fifth of its build size, so mm-hmm. it fits. A, you know, it fits on a, it fits very small on, onto a pallet. You know, it's, it's tiny. You know, so it might be a long pallet, but it's quite small. You know, because uh, so you could not, partner with anyone that does like conservatories or any builder. Yeah, but that's that's what it is. It's it's partnering partnering with, with people with those basic skills. So mm-hmm. the one thing we don't like to do is, is transport glass. Glass is horrible stuff to transport. You know, whereas if you sort of trans- partnership with a, a UPC window company. Yeah. Who sort of say, okay, okay, guys. I mean, I mean, here's one thing that's sort of because we sort of work to the millimeter, which which a lot of building companies you can't work to mm-hmm. the, the exact millimeter, but when the companies do, mm-hmm. we have never ever fitted a door or window in the factory before we everything's always been done on site. We've never actually been to a site before we've gotten there to build it. Mm-hmm. So because we sort of we're able to sort of sit to a window company, okay, that door is one meter. You mm-hmm. make a, you make a door one meter, and we know that we're going to cut something, and when it goes together on site, it will be one meter. There's no, there's no messing about the size or anything else. It just works, you know. Yeah. Uh, so so we know that if we sort of partner with a, with a company in I don't know Essex for the sake of argument, 
that, that building will arrive on site. And as long as they've made the, the doors and windows the spec that we tell them, it will fit. We know it will fit. From experience, again, I used to work in construction. Actually, I work with a lot of engineering firms now. Yeah. It won't always fit. But exactly. fingers crossed, as long as your bit's correct, that's the only bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, so, and that's the thing. So, so, so we, the, the window and door company that we work with in the Northeast, uh, they sort of, sort of, you know, sort of, we just, because the, the sizes don't change. It's, mm. it's simply because of how wide you want the door. Do you want doors or panels, that sort of thing? And, and we just have a, a reveal that might be sort of a 1500 meter mm. reveal, which happens to be a side panel of 500 and a door of 1000 or what have you. You know, we just, and we know it works because we've we've told them the height. It arrives on site. You know, or we pick it up, but we don't. Okay. We don't. We don't know it's going to work until we get out the site. But the one thing we hate doing is handling glass. Yeah, yeah okay. a glass, a glass panel. You put a glass panel in, or you take a glass panel off, off the van. You get a, little, a slightest little crack, and it, it's like broken yeah. glass panel. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we're coming back. We're coming back to, to, to sort the jobs. You know, which obviously we don't want to do. You know, especially if you're going to Essex or somewhere. So. That's why it suits a, um, a company of that nature, uh, okay. where you say, okay, a building goes down there. And then like, likewise, once you sort of prove the concept in the UK for the various products, mm-hmm. we then license, we wouldn't want to manufacture in France, Germany, US, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's when we sort of find a partner in those territories where we go, let's just license it in those territories. You know, okay. we prove the concept. That's how the concept works. Uh, that's how the marketing works in the UK. It might be a bit different in France or Sweden mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, but it makes life a lot easier to sort of say, okay, this is this is this is our value chain. This is where we upcycle. This is where we get our, our raw materials from. This is where we. This is how we extrude. This is how we put together the uh, the comp- do the components, brackets, doors, mm-hmm. windows, cabling, that sort of thing. And this is how it goes to site. You know, and this is how it assembles. You know, sort of so you can give them the whole process and say that's how it okay. works. That, that, that's a value chain. You know? Can I ask you about Dragon's Den? Of course you can. So uh, if if I can, I'm going to walk you through it. Yeah, because I know that's what people want to know, and actually yeah. David's tuned in and David edits the video, so it'd be really useful for him as well. Of course, yeah, yeah. So, um, did you? How did you find out about it? Did someone approach you, or did you find a website? Or yes, what happened was uh, we um, applied about a couple of years in the road, got nothing at all, and then uh, there was a, a great British entrepreneur competition, yep. um, which I wasn't actually going to apply for. The deadline was like sort of it was midnight on a Friday. It was like sort of. And I, it was, like, it was during lockdown, and it was like so. Well, I can't go to the pub, and it was like so. I'll, I'll just I applied at ten thirty at night, just thinking, thinking nothing about it at all. To the Dragons Den, or was this the Great British Entrepreneur? The Great British Entrepreneur Award, fired it off, and then I got shortlisted in the northeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we, we actually we won the northeast. That's right, we won the northeast, uh, and then it went to obviously the national final thing. And then an email dropped into our spam box from the BBC, uh, which didn't get seen. Every, and then all of a sudden, it was normally I just, I just ended the spam, just don't even bother, bother looking at it, you know. Something told me that I've just got to check the spam today. Yeah. And then I went, there's a guy called Samuel Butter from the BBC. So it was just bbc.co.uk. And I went, this is interesting. And then it was like, so we, seen, we saw your pitch on uh, the, the Great British Entrepreneur. Premier Award, would you be interested in Dragon's Den? And it was like, would we be Yes, yes, we would. Yes, 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 yes. Obviously, this is during lockdown. Uh, so all of a sudden, there was a whole series of, uh, there were like, like a, a, a Zoom mm-hmm. interview, mm-hmm. Uh, all, all about the company and everything else. So is that uh, with like a BBC producer type person? BBC sort of uh, like assistant producer or mm-hmm. researcher sort of thing. They put everything together to sort of say yes. And then from that, it was, yeah, we want you to be in the program, so it was like double, double get in, uh, and then it was all of a sudden it was. Then we went into this this. I say due diligence, but really it was pre due diligence. Uh, we had to put all our accounts in, uh, all our patents in, all our paperwork. Uh, to in then advance. in advance, uh, just confirm go on the program. We'd already been told we're going on the program. Uh, but we had to go through all that process. Uh, and then it was it was come down come down to Manchester in October twenty twenty I think it was, and you're going to film, you know. So uh, what was how long did that take from when you first got the email to the kind of in theory filming six months a year, three months. Wow, so that's pretty quick. Pretty pretty fast, yeah, yeah. Sort of, uh, I th- I think as soon as they sort of saw what we did, and 
uh, obviously we're quite it's a visual product yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we sort of said well why don't we sort of build something that works with TV or we'll, we'll cut with a building and of course because these are visual people that went that's fantastic you know so sort of, we've got to have you on we've got to have you it was like so sort of, they really were like sort of working very very hard to sort of get us on, on, on the program really you know uh, yeah so it was a three month process you know and it was like sort of come down it was filmed in Manchester at the old Granada Studios okay uh, which is great. I mean, I don't know how much I should sort of tell you about the, the, the behind the scenes stuff, but uh, I, well, that's what people want to know. So, but I won't push you, your call. But that that's that's the value. That's what people want to know. I want to know. Yeah. I'll tell I'll, I'll tell you sort of sort of how can I describe it? Sort of all those lovely walls. Uh, they're all polystyrene. <laughs> all the pipes are polystyrene. All the cogs are polystyrene. The whole uh, thing is polystyrene. The whole thing. The whole thing is a, is a TV set. You know. See, uh, see, I I always assumed it was just in a, a warehouse. I always guessed that the the elevator does not actually go up or down. It's just two doors open. Yes, that's yes. I wasn't going to give that secret away, but that is true. So basically, what it, what it is, there's there's two doors. They cut away on the TV. They told you going to an elevator. In reality, you stood. But that you one's stood. obvious. I I think most people have it, but I didn't well, know I the past time. I think that's obvious. But a lot of people sort of go, "We never knew that." You know, when you really there's a cut away on the camera. You know, uh, and and then cut away the TV and you see it say go ground one two three. You know, mm. and uh, and in you go. But once you're in there, it is for real. This, you know, sort of you're in there. I mean, we were in there for our own three quarters. Wow. And it's full. So it's on. not a twelve minute segment. It's a no, 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 no. It, and the sort of these guys are grilling you seriously. So sort of, there's no looking about. It's like sort of, I said, well, what, what if I need to have a, have a, Is there any breaks for? The cameras are set up ready to go. They have that many mm -hmm. cameras all around you. Um, so so the, the cameras from when you see it on TV, that they're almost on your left, I guess. They're all on our left, yeah. Uh, but in the lift, for example, you have a camera that's of, of, like sort of either camera literally at eye level. Mm -hmm. That's that's built into the wall. Uh, the cameras above you. That everything's quite secret. You know, sort of the sort of uh, you know. But the whole thing is a TV yeah, set. TV set. Sometimes you can see them off. You can see the, the bigger cam. The bigger lenses off, off, off camera mm -hmm. uh, and then and then yeah everything's the only thing that, that we filmed was we filmed the exit we pre-filmed the exit just in case something went wrong on the exit uh we pre-filmed the entrance in case something went on the entrance but once you're in the den uh, and, and then then you film live from literally so we're going to walk around here you're going to press that button and then in you go and it was like sort of we walked in there and that's one thing i will sort of say i'm a, I'm a bit claustrophobic Okay. So we walk in there, and your cue almost is the the ground one, two, three that's above you. Once you sort of see that moving, those doors are going to open, and you're going to be out there, and you're doing it. It's for real, you know. Uh, we went in there, and there must have been some sort of technical difficulty in the in the, in the studio itself. And I'm in there, going, okay, it's been thirty seconds. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm fine, fine, fine. Minutes. Yeah, yeah. And the door never opened. And the door's not open. And I'm going. If that door doesn't open in 10 seconds, I'm going to have to kick it down. So it's, it really was that bad. It was horrible, you know. And then it's like, ground one, two, three, the door's opened. And then there was no chance for nerves. It's just in there and doing it, you know. And So a major thing that people always talk about, and I watch uh, Shark Tank as well, which is the American kind of version. Yeah. How much did you practice your pitch? Oh, uh, we were meant to sort of write it out verbatim beforehand. Um, I'll, it was, I'll, I'll rephrase that. It was suggested that we write that verbatim, uh, which we did. Uh, and Alan and I cut speaks, cut how we're going to sort of speak when, when we sort mm -hmm. of did it. Uh, it was actually edited down quite a lot as well. Um, uh, okay. Sort of from the final version. Um, but yeah, sort of, so I was quite on, on, on the mark. Alan was, Alan was on, on, on his mouth for what he was sort of saying. Uh, but that's. That's three minutes. It's three, four minutes. It's no more than that, you know. And that's your pitch, mm -hmm. uh, which they then then that's they, they that hours down to about a minute and a half, mm -hmm. if that. I think you know, uh, from a from a three, four minute pitch, uh, and then it goes into questions, you know. And it's what, what what I should sort of say is, on the TV, on the TV it looks quite dark. Mm -hmm. In reality, it's pitch black. All you can see is just a light where you're supposed to stand, and a light over each one of them. Really. Really, it's when you come through the doors, going nice, you know. See, I thought was, you were going to say the opposite because, like, I have video lighting in this room, and it's like yes. mega bright. So I thought for TV, it'd be even more so. No, it's pitch black, absolutely pitch black. 
uh, apart from these four lights, you know, and that's why sort of, the definition is really, really key. You sort of, you almost have like sort of, I think them, them sort of control and fade, fade like you know, yeah. in on the product itself. Uh, but yeah, so it was, and that's why when I saw it on TV, I thought, oh, it's, it's quite light, you know, but in reality, it was very extremely dark. Ask, what was the experience like in terms of how much they grilled you was it i did i have seen the show but it's almost when you're actually there is it a friendly chat for an hour and 40 or is it quite brutal we were told because we knew people had been on, on there previously we were sort of told that if they don't like you you'll be bombed out within 45 minutes they'll absolutely just destroy you okay. you know uh and we walked in now what you remember is this was the first series that that film under COVID, so mm. all all the dragons had a two meter distance behind mm-hmm. either side of them. So where Peter Jones was sat, which is obviously on on our, on our far right hand side, mm. the TV's far left hand side or whatever. Yeah. Uh, all he could sort of see was the side of the building where we'd been writing notes on it, and he, nothing was nothing, it was for TV. So I mean, I mean, we're told it's a TV program. So what you're doing is you're making it's a TV set that, that you've made, you know. So they so so they the the viewers can't see. The other side, so we'd written notes on it and everything else, and was like, I'll oh, do this, do that. So, people were so, we're, but Pete, all Pete Jones could see was the side of the building, you know. And he went, Gary, Peter, I went, Hello, Peter, yes, he went, looks a bit shit, doesn't it? You know, I was like, so I thought, oh, first of all, oh, no, that's all we need, it's getting bombed, yeah. we're, we're gonna get bombed out. But it was testing us out to see if, if, if we're gonna rise to it, and I just went, Okay, it's obvious to your opinion, Peter, yeah. and I didn't say, and he went. Because he was looking for a rise, he was looking for that that bite. You know, I thought I'm not going to give you that bite. Because the one thing that gets me about the show, and it must be so much more surreal when it is you, is that it's the valuations and stuff and how harsh they are. That like I do all right, but I'm not a multimillionaire. That to them, thirty grand is probably what three hundred quid is to me. Yes. Oh, yes. But when this is someone's life and they're nailing them over different stuff and they say, "I'll give you." I'm trying to think 50 grand for 55% of the company. Yes. And it's, it always seems artificially harsh. And that's just me watching it as a viewer that you don't have to comment because I know you might not be able oh, to. No, no. Yeah, I, mean, just... I don't mind. I mean, I mean, for us, we went in there and we sort of said, well, you know, we won't. I mean, ironically, sort of, we went in there saying, well, you know, we won't give him way more than 10, 12% for the, for the company, you know, sort of. And what you don't see on the TV is, remember, it's a TV program. It's not an investment program. Yeah. As uh, we went in there, and Tez of on the on the TV, it looks like Tez Barney offers last. He offered first within the first half an hour, and they were all looking at him as if sort of say, "Well, nobody ever offers this early." And and he offered us. I mean, we we went in there for fifty thousand at five percent. He went. He'd been around the product. He looked at everything else. Let's let's put in the questions. And he went, "I've heard enough." He says, "I'm I'm going to make you an offer." And offer you all the money for ten percent of the company, so it was only like double. Mm-hmm. It was like that's like, that's actually a decent. That's bear in mind we hadn't sold a, a brass point in time. I thought that's fair valuing the company half a million pounds mm-hmm. is a fair valuation for where we are at the minute. Uh, and then it went went around the houses and sort of Deborah Maiden, who we thought who we went in there looking for Deborah Maiden to a certain degree because we were told she was the Green Queen. Mm-hmm. Whether Deborah is the Green Queen is another question. Is another is a matter of opinion. But she wasn't interested. It was like so she was and because she wasn't interested, Peter Jones wasn't interested. And then um Sarah Davies, who was obviously sort of from the northeast. Yeah. And Sarah went, Sarah had said, can I see the patents? Now bear in mind this is this is all taking place over an hour and a half, two hours. Uh Sarah had the patent for about 15, 20 minutes, perhaps even more. Wow. She was really going through it, really good because you know, sort of, can I see the patent? And, and it wasn't like on TV where it cuts and then look, 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 looks like she's picked through it for about 30 seconds. She'd gone through it mm-hmm. and she's, she was making little notes to herself and everything else. And so she came in with her offer at about, I'm going to guess about an hour, an hour and a quarter, somewhere around there. And she went, I've heard enough. I'm going to make you an offer. And I'm offering the same as Ted Lovani. You know, so, so we had two offers on the table. So it was like, well, just getting that pissed off for a half to half an hour just calmed us all down. You so, because one of the things that I think is beautiful about shows like that is re- whether you do or don't get investment or whichever, it's it's the profile. It's the fact that people oh, will see yeah. it. You can put that. Are you allowed to put the sticker like as seen on Dragon's Den? Are you allowed to do that? No, no, but we do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I thought you would, but yeah. but you should. And but it's that kind of stamp of authority and credibility that actually I don't have. 
a lot of people don't have and it's just it's yeah the profile to get from it because you must get people that go on it for the profile with never intending to take an investment you know it's just because i'd almost do that do you know what i mean but then again i also know someone else in the northeast that was on um dragon's den and they got ripped apart and it was like so if it goes badly it can go really badly yes that's this that's it you know so and and that was that was part of the reason i I thought well if we do get criticism i'm not gonna sort of not gonna rise to the bait that's why with the pete jones first comment which like i say inside it was like oh god no you know really it really was one of those you know uh but after after that after after half an hour from tesla varney it was like okay we've got a really sensible offer you know, early doors. You well, know, it's so. put that flag in the sand. It's put that anchor down. Exactly. Which exactly then, like, yeah. that, that's almost the best thing that could ever happen. Um, so what happened next? Uh, so we did the programme. Uh, we got some photos taken with Tejans because obviously we, we took the investment from Tejans and Sarah afterwards. Uh, obviously sort of spoke a lot to their people. Uh, it then goes into sort of due diligence where they go into more work, more and and the reality is about about half about half a third to half the investment well two thirds to half the investments don't take place anywhere mm-hmm. for whatever reason in due diligence um, and it was a bit on both sides really sort of um, you know after the program it was like sort of well what are we, you know what are we going to get from these dragons and I'm, I'm guessing they looked at us and going well it's not the product for us well, you know okay. uh, yeah. well the thing is sort of you know because neither are, are in construction or understand that if you like to a certain degree um which is part of the reason why i thought Deb- deborah mean would be more mm-hmm. interesting because of the green element mm-hmm. and uh, the caravan and, parks and, and the caravan parks and that sort of thing because i'm obviously sort of use, using it for, 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 for pods and building that sort of thing i thought well we write the first street which is why i was surprised that she didn't make an offer um but it was almost like preordained that she sat in a chair and she just she was quite like poor face all from, from day one she was never going to make an offer so i was like no so that's okay that's fine uh, I mean, she. I mean, one of her comments, which she made in the program, was she didn't believe that we get enough waste polystyrene. Okay. Like, sort of okay, all right. And I think the mistake we've sort of made is we sort of took on some waste packaging, whereas in reality, sort of a lot of what we use is fridge linings. Mm-hmm. Now, best one in the world, we're never going to do. Sort of, we're, we're not going to be able to sort of replace fridges because <laughs> polystyrene is the best like best thing we sort of line fridges. So we can't sort of we're not going to sort of do away with coat hangers overnight. Well, well, certainly sort of three billion coat hangers overnight, which, which is what we make as a world, you know, which is how we use our foundations. So it was like, well, you know, sort of what, bit, long, long story short, we sort of looked at that and went, it wasn't for them. It wasn't for us. We sort of shook hands and sort of walked away from the deal really but afterwards. The, yeah. But with a lot of benefit from it, you know what I mean? The, the oh, fact people, and it's, it's just, I get it. And it's almost, I think that, rightly or wrongly they do kind of abuse their position that they're rich people that actually to them the money isn't an issue and especially if they have an investment company it's a tax write-off arguably it's a free risk exactly. but i always think that the people who actually go on to sell their wares it's their life and their soul and it's just it's so i rarely hate it when people drill them over crappy valuations and stuff and so but hopefully i'm sure you don't regret going on no we don't i mean, I mean what we, from our investment perspective we launched a crowd firm crowd funding off the back of it and we raised sort of uh almost quarter of a million pounds for the same temp for, for a similar 10 percent so we got that sort of but dragons then helped us with that it gives us a validation yeah, to yeah. then get five times the valuation yeah, you know? cool so, so what's what's yeah. next what's the big dream big dreams uh obviously sort of we're spending sort of this rest of this year and and a fair part of next year is going to be my running to the, the work from home pods the garden buildings uh we want to sort of be sort of developing that sort of northeast UK. Uh, we're already sort of talking to companies in Holland, uh, Holland, France. Uh, there's a company in Malta com- contacted us. Companies from South Africa contacted us that are interested in, in it. To yeah. so then, then look at that model to sort of say, well, okay, can we make this work from a licensing perspective in those countries, having proved and know what we know yeah, from yeah. the UK. Uh, and then really it's, it's expanding to, it's expanding our, our product range, expanding our territories. And then how we handle those, that expansion becomes the fun bit, shall we say. Mm-hmm. The scaling is the, the fun bit, you know. No, I, uh, I agree. And out of interest, when you started your career, did you ever think that you'd be doing this again? I swore that well, having, a, having had a company go bust on me, I would never, ever, ever be self-employed again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, and it's the number of times I've questioned myself and go, do I want to, because, I mean, sort of, I know it makes it sound like it's been dead easy over the last sort of six, seven years. It's not. Yeah, it's no, been very, very hard work, uh, raising funds. Um, did you, can I ask, and you don't have to answer, but it's almost, yeah. did you remortgage the house or anything like that? Because that's always a major um, step. What I did was, um, I have a couple of rental properties. Okay. My own home, I was renting my own home out by the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of pay for my living expenses. And mm-hmm. I was living in one room in that house. Wow. Sort of pay for that. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, but all of these sacrifices are stuff that people are really interested in a topic like me. Love this kind of stuff. Because it's the honest truth that most people don't do, that it's when you believe in something so much that you're willing to make sacrifices and do stuff like that because yeah. of the long-term vision. I think a lot of people expect that it's going to come easy. They launch a website and they do an online Shopify store and they'll be millionaires yeah. in a year. And it's not. It's horrible grind. But it's, you, but you have to love it if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, sort of a lot, a lot of sleepless nights. You know, sort of that's that's not kid ourselves. And bear in mind, sort of you know, the, I only had sort of three people who have sort of said, sort of at some point in the journey, it, it they don't like the product. You know, like okay. really don't like the product. And that was my daughter, who sort of said, yes. Yeah, so she went, well, I'm not giving the models to play with, and she went. That's a bit, it's a bit average, Dad. You know, sort of just joking one. You know, Peter Jones was one, but obviously he was he was doing it for effect. And, and even he sort of came around the end and went to genius. I can't, can't yeah, yeah, yeah. deny it, genius. And he was he was very very complimentary as we were sort of going through the program. You know, mm-hmm. sort of it just wasn't the product for him, and that's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. And and there's a gentleman. I'm, I'm not going to name that person's name, but he works for the Innovate UK. <laughs> uh, and obviously, sort of when I used to do defence, and so sort I of said. It's rubbish. It'll never be for defence. So, but I don't know about you. One of my joys is going to be sort of when it is a flood defence. Just sort of knocking his door and go send him a piece down in the post or something. You know? yeah. Maybe still out. But, but I was going to say, but it's it's that drive. I almost in the past when I've had people challenge me or criticise me or whatever, yeah. it just gives me this horrible hunger that I just you know it's the burning desire to prove them wrong and it's that kind of thing that nobody can take that away from me. So it's almost yeah. if if I never had that. I probably wouldn't work as hard. You know, so sometimes it's good to have you know people that you kind of hate, but you, you don't actually hate them, but you kind of... No, no. Well, well actually, that, that's the thing, because we've had so few, I've, I've, I can't really hate anybody, really, from being quite candid about it. You know, sort of, um, what I sort of do is, I, 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 you know, sort of, I sort of say, well, tell us, tell us what you think's wrong with it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it doesn't mm-hmm. matter how small, how picky it is, how tiny it may seem to you, it works for me, you know. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why... I mean, I mean, we we could talk to one one of the large. We, we could talk about B and Q, obviously an IKEA that sort of thing, and sort of say, look, we, we want to you to sort of license it. But we what we sort of said is, okay, let's you know, uh, let's get to the end user. Let's get the mm-hmm. person who's mm-hmm. buying it and spending six, seven, eight, in some cases, fifteen, sixteen grand on, on a building. Mm-hmm. Because they will tell you exactly what they like yeah. and exactly what they don't like, you know. And then if we do license it out in in wherever. We've got all that learning from the people who've spent hard cash and told you yeah. the honest truth of things they like and the things they dislike, you know. Um, Especially for a product, because you make physical stuff as well. I yeah. know how hard that is. And, you know, it's almost the stuff can go wrong in manufacturing supply and supply chain and yes. it's it's a complicated gig that it's it's tough, but fingers crossed, if you never get to the scale where you've got it all up and running, then, you know, it should really kind of fly, but it's hopefully you've done the hard bit, which is the... Yeah, well, let's like say so we're buildings now, so we've, we've got capacity that, that you know, so we can we can get five buildings out there. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what we can do. I mean, at the minute, we're, we're scaring about sales now, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get uh, it. Which, which is what, what we're doing now, which is part of the reason why, you know, sort of if you ever go on our website, which is, I'll, I'll, I'll give, give the plug now early, Steve, if you don't mind, it's ogleworld.com. Uh, you can go on there, sort of choose the choose the building style. You sort of choose the wrap. You choose the where you want sockets, where you want colours, windows, doors. You choose all that, and it gives you an indicative price. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, a very very strong price. Mm-hmm. It, it, your postcode and it, it even tells you the delivery cost and everything else, you know, and the and the assembly cost. It gives you the whole whole gamut. Because what we sort of figured out was, we've got a building product, but there's there's two big problems in building. The skills to build it, which obviously we've done away with that. So anybody with a half decent like sort of DIY can build it. Mm-hmm. And second, although we are building our the the first northeast buildings, shall we say. And the second thing is 
getting a builder to give you a quote to do any work is a nightmare. So, so we thought, well, if, if people can go online and get the quote instantly, and they may sort of say, because people don't know it's going to be a thousand pounds or ten thousand pounds, they don't know. You know, but if they go on there and take and, and choose what they want, and then go, oh, it's nine thousand mm-hmm. pounds. Yes, it's of interest to me. Yeah, okay. Can, can we talk more? That does away with me having to spend half an hour, forty minutes doing court for somebody. No, makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Um, so towards the end of each interview, I have certain questions that I love to pick, and I, I love to pick yeah. people's brains, and it's yeah. my kind of favourite bit as well. Um, would you be happy to share what's the best piece of advice you've ever had? Best piece of advice uh, is something which I actually gave to somebody else a, a while ago, uh, and it's to do with it's to do with. Uh, well, actually, there's two bits of advice, and the, but the but the arrow layers, okay? My dad used to have a saying, uh, which I actually sort of we, we're actually putting a big a big a big sign up in the in, well, big mural up in the factory, which is uh, persistence is omnipotent. Persistence is omnipotent. I.e., you know, it doesn't matter how it, it could. It, it's, it's it's a phrase from a, from a from a uh, president called uh, Calvin Calvin Coolidge. It's basically what's it's saying is you can be really intelligent, mm-hmm. that's great, but you can still fail. You know, sort of, uh, you can have the best education in the world, you can still fail. But if you work really, really hard on something, then chances are you're going to be okay. You're going to make it, okay? And my dad just distilled it down to three words. Persistence is omnipotent, mm-hmm. you know? And related to that is, which is, which because there has been pause periods mm-hmm. during what we were doing, but okay. we couldn't find the extruder, we couldn't get the design right. There's certain things that we just couldn't, because that's still part of the process that I think people underestimate how difficult it is to oh, do yeah. those bits. Yeah, we, we, I mean, not as much now these days because we, sort of, we, we found the solutions to most of the problems, you know, sort of, sort of uh, you know, sort of, and the, the advice I sort of gave was, and it's very, very valid, is always rest, never stop, you know. You know, sort of, nothing wrong with stopping and thinking about it and having a bit of a rest when you hit, when you hit, the, hit the buffer, you know, have the weekend off. Go and do something else. Go and do something the family. Sort of just get your mind away from it, you know, because your mind's always working on that problem, mm-hmm. even though, even yeah. though you're not conscious of your mind working on that problem, and it'll take care of itself, you know. So, yeah, always rest, never stop. Yeah. No, that's very cool. Um, if you were to give advice to your younger self, and it could be at school, it could be as an accountant, it could be at any point in your career, it even could be you before Dragons Den yeah. or in those times when you were trying to figure things out. If you were to give advice to your younger self, what would it be? Um, best advice I've given myself, probably, yeah. Find that sort of don't be, sort of don't think you can do it all on yourself because you cannot, you know. And I've been guilty of that, if I'm being honest about it. So we could have got the product to market earlier, mm-hmm. but I, I, I understand everything to do with the process. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's my background. I, I yeah, understand yeah, everything. Yeah. I didn't necessarily have to do everything. But I didn't understand how it all worked. You know, I didn't understand extrusion. I didn't understand recycling, uh, and I didn't let people run up with that enough. Which I've been able to. I'm, 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 be- I'm getting better at this. I'm still not perfect at it, but I'm, but I'm better than I, than I was at it. But things, uh, Sarah Blakely, that invented Spanx, that she, you know, she's a billionaireess now. But when yeah. she started to go into it, she was a brilliant salesperson, but she knew nothing about making women's clothes. But she made a special point to ask the question. How'd you do that? Why'd you do that? About everything, because she made, it's a part of something called Blue Ocean Strategy, but when you, you can challenge commonly made assumptions that everyone else is like, oh yeah, we're just doing like that because that's how it's done. Yeah. If you really want to pivot and figure out how to do things better, it's good to take the time and do that kind of thing. I, you know, I always try and outsource expertise where I can, and I still want to know enough to be dangerous as one of my former bosses would be called. Yeah. But then just let them do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the things sort of you, you want to have you want you want to have the the broad brush, you know you want to sort of. I'm purposely. I'm still listening. I was seeing if we had any comments on Instagram. It's right, the one okay. thing which doesn't come up on my screen, and okay. what I didn't want to do was ignore someone. <laughs> it's the yeah, classic just, thing. Just give me, give me someone might be engaged for the past hour, and I just yeah. ignore them. But there isn't. That's fine. But at least I know oh. it works, which is cool. Yeah. Um, is there anything you would like to talk about or plug before we go? And feel free to plug your socials and stuff. Uh, yeah, as well. yeah. Once again, sort of, if, if people want to watch us on, on our socials, sort of, we tend to be sort of down as uh, on various Instagram, Facebook is Ogle, Ogle World, which obviously is Lego backwards or G E L or Ogel or Ogel. Pronounce it however you want. Uh, yeah, I think that's it, really. 
Fair enough. How's today been for you? Is it been too hot in the heat? I know we had the technical glitch at the yeah. start, but yeah, uh, it's been really good actually. So it's, there's a joy of working from home, and so far as I'm, I'm, I'm here in my bare feet, uh, which is nice. <laughs> Which, which which is a bit difficult to do in the office although I, I, know, I know office protocols changing these days you know yeah but uh, it's uh well i appreciate your time as always like obviously we kind of knew each other a little bit before but i yeah. genuinely this is the reason why i love long form content is because i actually don't know the answers and i actually want to kind of get to know them and for me that's yeah. what creates good content but i also learned from previous guests it's not about me and that's why i just love to ask questions and learn the story and hopefully if some people might discover you or discover the product or that kind of thing then we'll see in the future and it's that kind of you do tend to uh kind of it's an unconscious bias kind of thing you know when you just you spot something you didn't know it existed then you see it all the time but yeah, uh, that's true yeah it's very very true you know yeah. so yeah so, so hopefully people will find us we're actually starting an advertising campaign on the on the felon bypass i think i'm fairly certain we'll be doing that in september so if you see i'll go written anywhere and, and big yellow big yellow writing you'll it'll be us <laughs> cool. well thank you for your time i'll let you go because it yes, is steve. roasting hot in this room as well um keep yeah. in touch and yeah i'll see you soon cheers steve all right cheers bye-bye